Welcome to Thoughts on the Market. I'm Mike Wilson, Chief Investment Officer and Chief U.S. Equity Strategist for Morgan Stanley. And I'm Ellen Zentner, Chief U.S. Economist for Morgan Stanley Research. On this special edition of the podcast, we'll be talking about the consumer, pent-up demand, and how might this cycle be different. It's Friday, May 22nd at 10 a.m. in New York. Hey, Ellen, you know, I'm just curious uh, how you think about this recession. It's been so steep, and yet we're seeing some pretty good activity uh, already from the consumer and some of the credit card data. How do you explain that, that snapback? And, and I guess secondarily, you know, how do you think about the stimulus that is going to probably start to taper out around July when the unemployment benefits start to fade? And how should we think about the consumer uh, once that happens? So yeah, the the downturn was so sharp. You know, we've seen now to date uh, around 40 million uh, folks file for a jobless claim, and so when you've got so much job loss, how is it that consumers are spending at all? Well, we've got a lot of government support that came through in the first CARES Act, uh, providing those unemployment benefits that importantly also included the $600 weekly supplemental. And of course, that goes very far to putting food on the table and to providing an offset to that lost income. So what we've seen is consumer spending has declined sharply, but not nearly as much as we would have seen if we did not get that support. The good news there is that we are getting more uh, spending. Our public policy strategists are expecting a CARES 2.0, if you will, to include an extension of several important programs. And that's important because it buys us more time to get the unemployment rate down more, uh, bring more folks back to the labor market, and lessen the need for those benefits. You know, the other part of a recession is there's always pent-up demand, and clearly we've, we have some of that this time. Where do we think pent-up demand will snap back the most, and how long does that typically last? You know, we say this is a demand shock and not your typical cyclical downturn, but there are many ways in which this will act like a typical cyclical downturn. Think of folks that were on the cusp of renewing a lease or wanting to buy a motor vehicle going into this, and they've now put it off. Uh, well, that's a lot of pent-up demand that builds during that two-month time, and those sales come through, and that's something that uh, Adam Jonas, our motor vehicle analyst, certainly is seeing. And and that tends to be an area that pent-up demand shows up first and foremost, those high-dollar, durable goods items uh, of the economy. On top of that, um, I should have mentioned the rebate checks that households got. That was spent, a good deal of it, within about nine days of getting it. But it also sent the savings rate sky high because it shifted a lot of spending toward food and non-durable household goods where normally those rebate checks would go toward uh, uh, appliances, motor vehicles, those big ticket items. So there's tremendous scope for pulling down the savings rate here based on what's left over from those rebate checks for people to go out and spend as well. So that probably leads us to my last question. Obviously, it's a global pandemic, and that was a, a pretty you know sudden trigger. But that means that the recovery will probably be unique as well, and the next expansion will be unique. How do you think about the next expansion? Yeah, I think one thing that, that I like to point out that is unique, um, if I focus just on the household side here, Going into this downturn, that's where balance sheets weren't stretched, unlike in 2008. Households' balance sheets in the aggregate were healthy. So that's a key difference in this cycle where you don't have that added weight on households. And so it's really just a factor of getting past 
the virus where we could see an inflection in growth, you know, whether that's spring of next year, if Matthew Harrison is right, and that's when we get widely available vaccine. But I can tell you that we're, we're going to see at least a return to some activity before that, some level of activity, because there is a chunk of the population that says, I don't need to see a vaccine. I just need to see that counts are going down. I just need to feel more comfortable that we've got the hospital capacity to treat me if I do get sick. It, it might be touch and go here, depending on the virus news and the developments of the vaccine and how households feel about that. But certainly when a vaccine uh, becomes broadly available, you could see an inflection at that time, uh, which means sluggish recovery compared with the norm until vaccine, and then something that's well beyond faster than previous cycles. So Mike, you know, how does that jive with your market view? I mean, how would you think about this cycle versus past cycles and how this one could be different? What's interesting about, you know, markets is they, they tend to be very efficient in discounting events as be, kind of before they happen. But it's remarkable how efficient we kind of discounted the full recession in about a month's time, you know, back in March, the, we had basically a market crash and the market made a V bottom, which I think is foreshadowing what you expect to be somewhat of a V-shaped recovery. But as I think about what you said, this is more likely to be a consumer cyclical-led recovery, whereas sometimes it's led by capital expending. And uh, we're trying to position our portfolios to take advantage of that consumer cyclical kind of recovery initially. Secondarily, because of the amount of stimulus that's coming in, and as you said, it's going to probably continue for the foreseeable future, we may actually begin to get some inflation, maybe not right away, but in the outer years, and the markets will start to discount that too. And that means securities that are levered to higher inflation could start to do better as well. And a lot of those securities have been out of favor for the last 10 years because we've been in somewhat of a disinflationary environment. So those are some of the things that we're thinking about and how we're trying to position portfolios and advise clients. And I think, you know, like any cycle, Alan, uh, we got to be flexible and we got to change our views as things change. But for now, that's how we're seeing it. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy Thoughts on the Market, please take a moment to rate and review us on the Apple Podcast app. It helps more people to find the show. The preceding content is informational only and based on information available when created. It is not an offer or a solicitation, nor is it tax or legal advice. It does not consider your financial circumstances and objectives and may not be suitable for you.